you're listening to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. Hey, welcome to Dear Alice. We are talking about one of our favorite topics today, and that is our interior design process. How do we do it? Why do we do it? Um, How do we get started? It's kind of paralyzing, don't you think? Yeah, completely. And if you feel like you're doing a design project right now and you don't don't know yourself and you don't know how to design for yourself, we're with you. When it comes to you and designing your own home, it's really hard, even for us, and we do this every single day. Mm-hmm. So. I can design for anybody, yeah. I think. And make really quick decisions. Really quick. Like, yeah. I get them right away. I assess what they're wearing. I look at their shoes. I understand how casual they are versus formal. There's so many things that we can pick up on and asking them the right questions. And you're like, okay, I know what to do with you. And then when it comes to me, I'm like, I could, I could see. Am I? <laughs> it's like an identity crisis. Like I could see this going a million different ways and being really happy, but how to zero it in on just one. So anyway, the pressure. It's a lot guys. Yes. We're here to break it down for you and hopefully help you guys feel better about moving forward. Yeah, definitely. And just how to think about it. Um, because there is a process to a, a rhyme and reason, and hopefully we can make sense of it all here today. But first, we wanted to thank you all for downloading and listening and sharing and reviewing and telling your friends about our podcast. We have been in the top 20 in the design category section on Apple since we started this. And that is so exciting for us to... Such a compliment, you guys. It really is. We just had to take a second to say thanks. So keep it up. Keep sharing us um, with your friends. And we'll keep doing it as long as you guys are liking it. Continue to ask questions as you guys are going through this journey. Mm -hmm. What questions like have we not answered? And yeah, what do you want to know? Yeah, that's great. That will inspire more future podcasts. Um, Okay. So the first question is from um, at Canvan and she says with a multitude of furnishings and finishing choices out there, how do you dial it down even to know where to start pulling selections from? I think we've talked about it before on here and we always start with the rug. Mm -hmm. We always want a really great foundation, but how do we even start with the rug? Yeah. Um, Sue and I do this thing Mm -hmm. where we sort of vibe with, um, you know, with each other after we get done meeting a client and they've, you know, accepted the design proposal and want to move forward. Then we'll sit down and we'll sort of vibe about who this person is. How do they want to live? Um, you can speak to this, Sue. What do we, what does the space smell like? What does it look like? Yeah. We always ask a person, you know, if we're starting say with just one room in the house, you know, as we start this journey, um, What's the function of the room? How does this client want to use this space? So think about that too. Like, how do I want to live in the space? How do I want to navigate in the space? Um, But then what do you want it to feel like? You know, what do you want it to, who's using this room? What does it sound like? Are there little kids? What is the soundtrack? You know, Mm -hmm. what does it smell like? You know, just all those things. Like you want to have a feeling for a room. And I think that that inspires us as we start with a client. And what we do a lot for a lot of clients that are having a hard time figuring out where, what direction they want to go is we'll get all this information and all these words and any images that are inspiring to them. Mm-hmm. And they may say, I have a Pinterest board, but it is a, it is a cluster. Mm-hmm. There's a lot in there and I don't know how you're going to make sense of it all, but there's always common denominators that we can see mm-hmm. as we look at, you know, a pile of images and to, to kind of, again, kind of narrow down what we, we know about this person. And we'll usually create a North star and we'll basically add our images and our ideas and sketches and things that we want to show them. This is where we think you you're going and this is who we think you are. 
are we correct? And so we'll present that before we start to really dive into all these design details and make sure that we're on the right track. And usually they're really successful and that we get a lot of feedback from them. And that's how we kind of start this kind of this, this level of trust where they can trust us in moving forward to, again, kind of show what they look like in this home. Um, but then they can trust themselves too, to be like, I do like that. You like that husband or, you know, other person making decisions, then we're on the same page. And so a lot of times it's just figuring out who you are. We talk about that a lot um, as you're making decisions, like make them intentionally, make them specific to you. And, and quite often we're the mediator, you know, for these two people that have, you know, that love each other, they are, they're on this journey, but they're just trying to figure out how do we, what do we look like? Who are we, you know, as they start this process? Yeah. I know you guys have a lot of clients that are like out of state. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them, like we don't, like you guys don't travel to, is that process any different with them? And if so, how? No, the process really is not. the same. Is it, is, is yeah. it harder to like dial in to like who they are? No, I mean, we just ask for a lot of pictures and sometimes it's so paralyzing for the client to say, I don't know what I want, but I know what I have. I hate, you know, Mm -hmm. like I've tried to do it before myself and I can't pull it together, but you know, and so then we'll often say, can you show us some things in your wardrobe that you love? You know, show us some outfits that you love because that shows us purchasing decisions that they've made and gives us kind of an idea of their taste level of the colors that they like and are used to if they don't ever wear color. But maybe like Susan Peterson's house, Tiger Oak that we did. She wears black every day, black jeans with a black shirt. Yeah. But then she wears like wild sneaks. And so um, for her collaborations that she does creatively at work, always have color and pattern. So we knew that that was in her. And as we really dived in. Yeah. We understood that that is how she wants to live and she wants to live with it. She doesn't wear it necessarily, mm-hmm. but it's what she surrounds herself by. And it's kind of how it's her charging dock. Yeah. You know, it's how she inspires herself. Yeah. So, I mean, she was kind of an anomaly, but for most people, you can kind of start to see the things that they love and it's easier to put together an outfit than a room. But you can see the current decisions that they're making today. Maybe they bought their sofa 20 years ago and they're like, I don't even know what's trending in sofas right now or what would look good with, I don't even know, how do I want this to feel? But by looking at images of spaces that they love, oftentimes they'll kind of you know, look up at the ceiling and they'll say, oh, I stayed at a hotel once that I loved. And it was like this. And my husband loved it too. And they both agreed on this space that they loved. You know, what did you love about it? Well, it was... I had like this dark wood, but then these white sheets and it, you know, you're like, okay, you like contrast. Okay, great. Good to know. It's clean. It's crisp. And you know, he always wears a crisp white shirt every day. And so you can start to boil down these really simple things. Um, do you like symmetry? Sometimes perfectionists, people that are very, very good at their job, they have engineers. (laughs) Yes. They have to have balance. Yeah. And so they want, they, they're people that would want exact matching nightstands. They'd want the same lamp. They want the room centered, the bed centered in the room. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so knowing what's going to like feel right within them, then you're going to give them a symmetrical space. You're going to give them contrast. So they have crisp lines. They like exactness. Um, We actually work for one engineer who's a woman. And she said to us, I deal with exactness all day long. And so when I come home, I want it to feel like a retreat. And she loves fresh flowers. She gets them every week. She loves flowers in her garden and she's more feminine and actually didn't want the contrast and the balance and 
the perfection that she has to deal with all day at work. She wanted something that would take the edge off and keep things feeling loose and airy and organic. And so we created an environment like that for her. Mm-hmm. So you sometimes you want your home to feel like what you need in your life to be able to get that quote unquote balance um, to make you a whole person because you're so heavily weighted at work and in your thoughts. And then you come home and you open the door and it smells a certain way. And she has plastered walls um, and that is an organic movement. And it just, she can just put her shoulders down and just feel a different level of comfort than anywhere else on earth, but her home. And one thing that's been interesting about her design journey is she's become really introspective and thoughtful Yeah. as we start any new projects with her. She really thinks about it. She considers it, which I really, I love that we get so into the deep end with her to be like, hey, how do you, again, how do you want the space to feel? What will you be doing in here? What does it sound like? What does it smell like? You know, like she really kind of takes herself through that journey now because she's done it so much with us we've done two homes with her um that she she knows the process now and it's it's really therapeutic for her too so so this process can be really i think it's very enlightening i think as you find out more about yourself and how you want to live with you and your family and in these spaces yeah yeah so for our process once we get to know somebody hopefully well enough that hopefully they'll let us in enough to be able to start to make these decisions. And we create this North star that is pretty intuitive based on other purchasing decisions, what we know about them, what we know about the husband. Um, We're pretty good at merging styles, which I think is really tricky. A lot of couples on their own could end in an argument in the middle of crate and barrel. Um, But if you can go in and really get a feel for how to bring him in and her in, and sometimes with him, he's okay if he just gets one win. He's like, I don't care what you do. As long as I have a 90 inch TV and a recliner, you can do the rest. You know what I mean? And they're like, fantastic. That's great news for us because A, we have good looking recliners that we can resource (laughs) and B, we can make a 90 inch TV look like a normal scale in the rest of this room. So we're golden. Let him go on his way and we'll ask him what kind of leather he wants later. So um, usually the husbands don't usually want the whole room. They don't really care as long as they have the few things that they need to be comfortable in a space. And it's really key that we learn that early on and that he knows that we've got his best interest. And then he's usually okay from there and also doesn't really want to be bothered with this whole thing. If it is important to him, then we invite him to the pitch and then he can be a part of the decision-making process. It really is so fun. It is. Yeah, I would. like Christmas. Yeah, for sure. I would want my husband with me on this, but we all work differently. Um, but as for our process, um, back to the question on pulling selections, how do we get started in everything? Once we've got that North Star dialed in enough of just pulling together images, um, inspired off of the things in their Pinterest or inspired off of the things that they've sent us. We might have additional questions that we'll shoot them texts or phone call them on. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as we've got enough data, we'll start pulling lifestyle images that we think are the best interpretation of what they're going to want. And then we also pull materials without even knowing exactly where the materials will go yet. We'll grab if they want. Um, It's actually so funny. We've worked with a lot of men that really want soft they want velvet. Textures are important. Yeah, I'm yeah. so fascinated. I always would think that that would be something that a woman would want, but they want softness. Um, other than one client we have right now who's a gentleman, he hates velvet, hates it so much. But um, anyway, we'll start pulling the textures together into a tray 
And then we'll also have some images and we'll break it down with them. And if they like where we're going, then that vibe is set. And then every, every chair silhouette and everything that sort of speaks to where we're headed. It's funny. It just starts, it starts coming to you. You know, it's like, um, it's, it's like once you decide what kind of car you want to buy and you're like, I'm going to get a white Honda Accord. You leave the car lot with your white Honda Accord. And what do you see on the road? All the other white Honda Accords on the road. You're like, oh my gosh, they're everywhere. My car is everywhere, right? Or whatever. And so it's funny. Once we have this vibe, then we're like, we see the things that we want pop up out of our library all of a sudden. And it's pretty clear for us after that point, because we know where we're headed on this journey. You're quick into all those things and they just show up. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And you'll be looking through Pinterest and you'll see the work of another amazing designer. And you're like, yes, how these two, how these two materials come together in that way, or how the height of this is so great with the drama of this low, low night sand or how the, this or the art, or do you see how that thing's really punchy? And then you can use that as evidence for your client that it is going to work. Do you see this little moment right here, that's what we're going to do, but we're going to do it in your bathroom or this little thing right here. So it, you just, all of a sudden the evidence just starts popping up everywhere for us and we just start seeing it come to life. Suze is an artist. So she oftentimes has a sketchbook on her at all times and she's doodling it out, sketching it out, studying it out. And um, clients go crazy for that. They yeah. love to visualize what their space is going to be. And it's how we solve problems too. I think mm-hmm. that's the fastest way for me anyway to figure out what this space needs to be. And you see like, oh, actually that doesn't work. Let's do another, let's do another round. Yeah. 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 That's great. So we start pulling the silhouettes that are going to work in the room. We've already figured out the rug. You guys know we start with the rug first. Yep. Yeah. And then the silhouettes on the sofas, depending on what their vibe is, we are going to, um, get the right silhouettes and we'll get all of those silhouettes playing together and figure out the space planning. The space planning is the arrangement of furniture. Most people are going to shove their furniture all up against the walls of their home. And we're going to try really hard to never do that. We love to float pieces. Um, We love to throw things on an angle. Uh, Putting them in different arrangements makes them feel more intuitive for better conversations. It's usually more artful and interesting. And then um, the silhouettes, we can sort of start to say, you know what, this chair is floating in the room, so it needs to be really interesting from the back and from the side because you're approaching it at a three-quarter angle. So we're looking at it sculpturally to see that it, it's doing its part in the room. We don't want to just put like some big clunky recliner right there because who wants to walk into the back or side of a recliner? No, and we always too, like with all the hard angles that we see and just like cabinetry and all those things, we talk about this a lot. We try and find ways to soften it. So where to add rounds and where to add angles and how things match up. And and I would just encourage you guys, as you guys experience spaces, go to hotels, go into different homes to look at the space planning and be like, that was really clever and take note of those things. Or as you're looking through Pinterest or magazines, know which ones you're just like, I could see a conversation happening there. I could see me entertaining like this and take note of that, tear it out of the magazine, pin it on your board, whatever it is, make a, make a folder for space planning just so that when it does come time for you to start that journey, you have things that you've actually experienced that you are inspired by and you want to live that way. Mm -hmm. So I think we're always looking at that and looking for clever ways to space plan and to live a life in a space, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's super interesting. We're always seeing that we have a few designers that we love looking at. Thomas O'Brien is a master of space planning. So look up his stuff. Yes. And 
and you'll see kind of how he arranges furniture and how he varies heights. And it's really interesting. And mm-hmm. Vincent yeah, it's, Wolf. it's smart. It's really smart. Yeah. And, and it's approachable. And you can see yourself living there. Yeah. Which, again, I think is something that we're always looking for. Because people, ultimately, that's what, I mean, people want to live in these spaces. I think we always, people always say we want to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's like a key word that most people say initially. And so as you guys are looking at silhouettes, think about the, your heights. How tall are all the people that are going to be sitting in this sofa? Will it be comfortable for all of them? Is there a seat for everybody in my family to be comfortable in this space? So that's one thing that I think that's one of the first things we probably consider when we're starting to look at these silhouettes is who's going to be sitting here. How tall are they? How do they like to sit? Are they, are they older? Do we need a firmer seat? All those mm-hmm. things take consideration. Do they, are they really tidy? Do they not want loose cushions mm-hmm. in the back? Okay, then maybe we'll go toward a tight back. So just think about, again, how you want the room to perform and how you want to feel. And then after you have that function aspect, then you start to look at just some of the design details and be like, this looks like her. This looks like that pair of shoes that she just showed us. Mm-hmm. See that little ribbon detail on the side? Whatever it is, you start to, again, quicken yourself as you learn more about this client and you learn more about yourself that you're going to be like, I like that chair. I don't know why I do, but I'm going to put it in my love file and pair other things with it. And it will all work together because you love it all. Yeah. Did you know that 35% of adults report experiencing poor sleep quality? Let me put you onto something that is going to transform your sleep. Cozy Earth Bedding is temperature regulating people. This is huge. If you and your spouse... Do not sleep at the same temperature, which most people don't. I'm freezing. My husband's hot. This is a massive benefit and breakthrough for us when we started sleeping on Cozy Earth. You can both sleep on the same mattress with the same sheets and be completely comfortable. They also have a 100-night sleep trial guarantee and a 10-year warranty, which I don't know of anybody that does this. They're that confident in the product, and so am I. When I first touched Cozy Earth products, I could not believe the soft hand on it. It also almost has like a cool feel to your hand. To your um, hand, it's like slippery dolphin. Like your feet swishing around is so so addictive. I can't sleep with anything but cozy earth sheets. I'm obsessed. Um, also, you need to treat yourself to the ultimate comfort with cozy earth. I love the sleepwear. I love the sweats, and the bedding is amazing. You can prioritize your self care your sleep health, if you just head over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code DEARALICE for an exclusive 35% off. You guys, we don't have to wait for a sale. You can use this anytime. Again, the code is DEARALICE for an exclusive 35% off. Better sleep awaits you with Cozy Earth. Uh, And here's, I mean, here's something that's going to totally sound like a designer, but not everything has to be comfortable. There is, um, there's a place for for everything. I think your sectional or your sofa, that should be something that you could sit in for four hours and be completely comfortable in. So that's more of your four hour sit. There's something like, um, a little piece of jewelry of a chair that's interesting and it's carved and, um, it's got a lot of open space to it. So your eye can move in and through it and around it that you could sort of perch that near a fireplace or something. So its job is really to be beautiful. Maybe somebody will perch there for a minute, um, when you're all having a conversation, but it's not meant to be that four hour seat that you're going to want to sit and watch a movie in. 
And you want a little bit of relief from some of those big solid pieces like your sofas just to be beautiful. And so looking for a special little piece like that in an entryway, you're not going to sit in your entryway for four hours. That that job can just be meant as a perch. That chair's job could meant to be a perch where you can slip on and off your shoes or to drop your handbag. So but you're so excited to look at totally. it. Totally. And when your you're sitting husband, in your comfortable section. Your husband you might be like, I don't like, want that. That doesn't look comfortable. And you're like, that's not its job. Its job is never going to be to be the comfortable sectional piece. This thing's job is to delight my eye and to have it be near the TV because that's where our gaze is facing. Mm-hmm. And it's there in case somebody wants to perch to complete the conversation circle and sit for 20 minutes before they get up and go on to the next thing. But there are a few pieces in that, like in a room that are going to make it feel really interesting. And so I would say challenge yourself if you don't have something that's really fun to look at to add that this year. It's the art. We see art on the walls, but it's so fun when you see art in a sculpture and something that you actually interact with and you can like feel the hand carving around you and just, uh-huh. it's so lovely. It's such a great way to live. And, and you will, you'll feel like, oh, that looks like I got it at a gallery. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it, totally. So. Another um, favorite of mine for space planning is Vincent Wolf. He's yeah. a New York designer and he's Cuban and he also loves photography and the rooms that he does, he's often floating all the furniture in the middle of the room. And so the room, an angle, and yeah, like right. he'll throw a bed on an angle and you'll walk into the back of it and you're like, this should not work on any planet. And he'll put a screen around the back of it and then a console and a pair of um, candlestick lamps and make a seating area behind the bed, behind the headboard. And it's glorious and it makes like a little half wall and it has tons of architectural interest. And then the bed can face this beautiful wall of windows and it's just looks like something you'd want to sit and photograph or sketch or something. And you're like, Oh my gosh, you could live like this. It's incredible. Just by turning the space planning on its head and reimagining how a room should be space planned. There's often like a little carved stool in the room um, where you could like put your feet up near a sofa, but there's always some sort of hand carved element that makes the room feel sort of traveled. It's really interesting. And again, it's one of those pieces that maybe if you're being your own designer that you're going to have to fight your husband for because it might seem nonsensical, but that's going to give you the the interest that you need. And there's certain pieces of furniture that are there to add interest. They will serve a little function. They're not going to be your, again, four hour sit or your bed that you're going to sleep on that's practical, but it's going to really elevate your room and it's going to give you that lifestyle. Yep. And it's what people will remember when they leave your house. Yes. They'll be like, remember, I remember there's just like, you remember certain things as you go through life experiences and travel. And I remember this one gal, I went to her house. And the only thing I remember is that she pulled out this mobile that she got in Prague that it wasn't even hanging yet. But she's like, I think I want to put this in a nursery someday. And the way like it glided and just the profile and the hand sculpting of it and the painting of it, just all those little things. That's what I remember. Don't remember Mm -hmm. a single other thing about the house. But I'm like, that was beautiful. I want to live with one of those one day. So those are the things that you'll remember. And those are the things that you're going to love looking at and living with. Mm-hmm. And that's it elevate your life yeah. completely. And it takes you to another world, mm-hmm. which I think that's part of, you know, why we do what we do is to transport you to your favorite place. Yeah. Right? And, well, and, and what we're talking about right now isn't furnishing. We're talking about design. Yeah. So we really are designing a lifestyle for someone and we've got to try and find all the ways to include their lives, their interests, their travels, 
um, their heritage. There's a lot of people that want their home to mean something to them in a lot of ways. And that can come through art. Um, it can come through the textiles, the little carved stools, the something from the mom, the grandma's piano. There's a lot of ways to get meaning into a space and um, knowing how to artfully do that without making it look like a garage sale is also the great work of, of a designer. And um, so it's- That's when it becomes emotional too. And emotional yeah. design is good design, guys. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It mean, It's really meaningful. Yeah. So the process is, um, it's a journey for sure. And it's, it's emotional and it's super thoughtful. Uh, you're always, always, always in our minds as we're trying to sort through who you are, what it means. Um, and we'll often break down in a pitch. Like we pulled this because of this and what it means and what it does. And this is its job in the room. And cause so many of these things, like you'll have to justify to your husband or you'll, you'll want to tell the story yourself as if you chose it yourself because this is your house, mm -hmm. you know? So it needs to be meaningful to you because it's meaningful to us. We're not the designer that's going to just create a space for you. That looks like it looks like an Alice Lane design. We're hoping to create spaces that look like you. So when people walk in, they're like, wow, so interesting. And this is, what is this? And they're asking you, you're the author of it. We get to stand in the background, you know, and smile and go, wow, it worked, you know, but we're really not hoping for somebody to walk in and say, did Alice Lane do your home? It looks just like all their other homes. Yeah. yeah. And just to be really introspective, like for you too, is that's really actually, I think it's so fun when you are listening to a client talk uh -huh. about a space and they're using some of the words that you use to describe the pieces, but they're, it's coming from their mouth and you're like, they're really proud of it. Yeah. They're really proud of this space and it feels like them and they have the story because we got the story from them to design the house. It's their story. Yeah. It's not ours. Yeah. So good stuff. Yeah. So we pull it all together. After we pull the silhouettes, we pull the fabrics. Um, after fabrics, we'll pull paint and drapery. It's kind of counterintuitive. You'd think that we'd start with the foundation, which is the paint, but we'll often throw the deck of paint down on all the fabrics and we'll see which shade of plum that we want to flatter the fabrics. Um, it's the, there's a million of them guys. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's the easiest thing to choose is the paint. So do that at the very end. And we've talked about it on here before with paint, but we giggle a little bit when people are like, what's the paint color in that room? And you're like, we'll choose your own paint color. It's, it's like you asking you for your foundation on my yeah. skin. Yeah. It may, it's not going to work. <laughs> it may be too cool or too warm, or there's a million shades of paint. So we like to do that at the very end, along with artwork, which is, really hard layer. Um, there's one layer that we end up doing reselections on. We might get the entire room perfect with almost no changes, but the artwork people often want it to mean something to them. They want to understand it. And it's not something that people do every day, purchase art. So they don't even necessarily know how they feel about art. They're like, I don't know who I am, or maybe, maybe this is too maybe it's too much. Just give me something modern. Um, a lot of people are like, Oh, I didn't know it, but I can't have a subject in the art. I don't want another human in my house. Staring at me. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Where Sue Hall loves humans and never wants to be alone. All of her art has a subject in it. So these are all really interesting things that we usually find out about somebody on their journey in art. And at first they're usually like coming up empty and they have question marks in both their eyeballs when we talk about art. And then once you start to show them things, then, then they start to get more and more opinionated about it. So we'll usually do a couple rounds of art to look for something 
that can either mean something to them or this piece isn't supposed to be meaningful. It's just supposed to be big and abstract and evoke a feeling, evoke a feeling. Yeah, totally. So there's, there's kind of, um, you got to know when to hold them and you got to know when to fold them. Like Kenny Rogers says, (laughs) we got Corey's attention. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, okay. So we have a question and this one comes from Gretchen Colin. She says, do you present a price estimate for approval before starting designs? Um, can you explain how to calculate your fees of a project? Okay. Yeah. So that's a great question, Gretchen. And I think this is one thing that really sets us apart as a design firm, as I've worked at other design firms, is that we really study the numbers. I think that's everyone's number one complaint is that I worked with a designer before and they just kept going and I had no idea how much it was going to cost. And then I got a bill at the end of it and we were only like half of the things were in the room and it was so expensive and I had no idea and there was no communication. So we've really learned to, we use, we use software, we surround ourselves with non-creatives that are studying the numbers And before any project, Jess and I will go on the consultation, we'll understand the project, understand what your needs are, if you're one room or if you're a full house. And then we've done enough of this, we know how much time it takes to design a room, whether we're just selecting furnishings or if we're doing all your interior finishes and architectural details, um, we write up a scope. And that basically, it's like a menu for you to look at before the project even begins that explains what we are proposing to do and how much we, how many hours we think it's going to take to do all these different things. And so, and then you and your decision committee can look through that and decide where you want to start. If you want a phased approach, if you just want to start with that North star in your kitchen, we do that quite often. Or if you're like, Nope, the whole thing looks great. And I have a really solid number to understand with my budgets of my construction and we're ready to move forward. So I think that's been, and we've gotten really good at it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we always, we always give a client an estimate and a contract for them to review and sign off on before we begin design. And we watch those numbers weekly and we let them know if an addendum needs to be done or if like, you know, because of A, B, and C from the builder, it looks like we need to add X amount of hours and it'll be done this day. So we've become really calculated mm-hmm. and really smart and we're technical I think it's so fun to say that we're really like creative and we're artistic, but we're really smart. Mm-hmm. Like we're really technical in our drawings. People can build what we dream of and we can tell you how much it's going to cost. So, yeah, totally. And it's nice to know too, um, to know what your budget is as, you know, as a yeah. client, we often ask people and they're like, I don't even know. I don't even know what these things cost. Do you know what I mean? And And I get that because you don't often refurnish an entire home, you know, unless maybe you're like, yeah, I just barely finished furnishing a home and we decided to sell it. And now we're going to do this new one. Then you're probably pretty fresh on what, what, you know, the marketplace is costing today and what design services are, then you'd have a good idea on budget. But um, anyway, budget's something that we often explore together. And in, in our process, we'll often show if we're going to show something kind of indulgent and like one of our favorite lines, but it's a little bit more expensive, then we'll also show our moderate line sofa as well. And then the client gets to choose if they want to spring for the Mercedes or if they want the Accord, you know, the Honda. So, um, yeah, that way we can start to get a feel for, um, what level of, of furnishings that you're comfortable with in your budget. We work within so many different budgets and, um, and we're, we're comfortable in all of our ranges. We have, gosh, I don't even know. I want to say a thousand vendors. It's probably like 
pretty close. It's high, high hundreds. Yeah, it's, it's in the nines, nine, 900 something. 900 and something vendors. So really it's just like giving us an allowance. It's like if we were to say, you were to say, hey, will you choose an outfit for me? I have a big event. And we'd be like, yeah, where do you want to, what's my budget? I'll go to, I'll go to Old Navy. I can go to Nordstrom. I can go to Neiman Marcus. I can fly to Vegas. What's my budget? And then I'm going to figure out how to put together the outfit. So yeah, just being as transparent as you can about your funds will help us know where to shop within all of our 900 vendors. Yep. And one thing that I think is interesting as we look back at, you know, our portfolio and the clients that we've had is regardless of that budget, even the wealthiest, they want a high, low mix. Mm-hmm. Everybody not, I don't think we have any clients that are just like, go for it. Just go high end on the whole thing. Everybody. Yeah. So I just want you guys as listeners to know that, that you don't have to be indulgent on everything. There's spots mm-hmm. worth investing in. And then there are spots worth like, you know, like a side table, Maybe that doesn't have to be, I'm not sitting on it. You know, I want it to be lovely in form. I want it to be the size I need it to be, but it doesn't have to be the most expensive. So understand that too, as you're selecting, don't feel bad if you're like, I can't afford to do everything. Mm -hmm. You know, high, low is very expected and very much a part of our process. It's just like a great outfit, right? Like you're, you're, um, the gentlemen know like where to get their points. They're like, I'm going to invest in a great watch and I'm going to have great shoes on maybe a great belt, you know what I mean? Or they, they just, everybody has a thing. Women maybe love a great handbag and a great pair of shoes. And then they know how to play the high low game with their outfit. So there's a few investment pieces and we know where to put um, the money and what pieces are worth investing in. And that's another really great, great thing about using a designer. Um, so I feel like we're really, really well versed in furnishings. Um, we're not going out and shopping like all of the different um, shops in town to try and put together um, um, an outfit. Some designers uh, don't have showrooms like our own, but because we go to market and we carry furniture, we're really opinionated about the way it sits, the way it looks, what it looks like from a three quarter angle. We've studied these things so much that it makes us exceptionally really good at furniture. We've sat in everything you guys. Yeah, (laughs) we really have. So it's not like it's like, we're just going out to go see the marketplace and find you a leather sofa and do it all in one day. We've really been studying furnishings for, um, the store is 12 years old today. So we've seen certain trends or not today, sorry, this year, we've seen certain trends come and go. We've, we know, um, what pitches are right, what, who's good at what we know, what wood finishes we like. So it's something that's just innate to us and it just comes really natural in the job for these things to come out. We're really well-versed on furniture. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're great at a new build as well, but furnishings is one of those, is one of those things that everybody's kind of at a different place in understanding it. And we're just kind of sleeping, eating, you know, it's just, it's like breathing for us. So, and it's fun. A lot of people come to us because they want a project that's dialed in all the way to the styling and the accessories. And it's Mm -hmm. really great to say that we can do everything from a new build starting even sometimes before an architect to help them develop what this home could be all the way down to the last styling and have it feel really curated and completely individual mm-hmm. to each client. And I think that that's really great. A lot of people, you know, we, we often talk about like the difference between a decorator and a designer and you kind of have to be great at it all to like come up with a really beautiful, mm-hmm. a beautiful end product that feels finished and feels like the client. Yeah. So that's great. Okay. So what to look for in when you're interviewing a designer? What things are important? 
I think yeah. you always say, even like when you're talking, when we're talking to people about who they're going to pick for their builder, yeah. you always say like, don't necessarily go with the lowest bidder, go with the person that you want, like that you'd be friends with, you know, yeah. that you like them as a person and you vote with your dollar. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is really, I think that's so important that you just like, you like the person, you feel good about the person, your gut, trust your gut mm-hmm. when you're with people. I think we're all, I think we all have a a little something in us that knows, knows the character of a person and can understand like if we're a good fit. Yeah. And so I think that's the same thing with your designer. You'll know. Mm-hmm. We had a client actually, she's really great. Um, and she told us the other day when we were meeting with her, she's just like, I interviewed a lot of designers. Um, but I picked you because you were, you were nice. Mm-hmm. You're really nice. I knew you'd be patient with me through this process. Cause I don't know exactly what I'm doing and, and the house is great. And we've, and you know, we just be patient with one another mm-hmm. as you learn about each other and just pick somebody that, you know, isn't going to, you know, force feed you something, you know, that's mm-hmm. part of their agenda Yeah, that wants to know about you and wants this to feel like your house. Totally. I think also in choosing a designer, you probably have maybe investigated and seen their portfolio. You've seen other work that they've done and, and you've maybe liked it, which is going to bring their name to the table. Um, also it might be interesting to know, depending on what your project is, if it's just furnishings, if you're going to use a decorator or a designer, if you're doing a new build, um, you're probably going to want a designer, somebody with the technical skills and, um, you could ask them, how do they work and what their process is. And if they're using, um, you know, programs like AutoCAD or Revit or some of the programs that they're teaching in school today says they're going to be a good technician and they're going to be able to create drawings that your builder can bid off of as well as send to his subs, like cabinet, um, people and those type of trades then you're going to be in the deep end with somebody that's really good and technical and can talk shop with people and create the drawings needed in order to create um, and construct these items. If you're working with with a decorator, then they might not be able to create um, these technical drawings. So you're going to want a, a good technician. And, and that is a totally normal thing to ask. Like, do you have schooling in this? What programs do you use? Um, can you tell me a little bit about your process? So I think that would be really helpful having seen their portfolio, knowing that you like them and that you want to work on a project with them because building a home is a really stressful process for a lot of people. Um, You know, once you have a great team assembled, then they're, then they're really the ones that are working after it and approving things through you. Mm -hmm. And you have to be okay telling them like, Oh, it's, it's not exactly what I want or can we tweak this or, and that they're not going to be so guarded and try and push you into doing something that they want, but that they're willing to take your input. And we always tell people that when we're starting into a presentation and even like when we first meet them, like you can't offend us. You really can't like be really transparent. And those are the most successful projects or when you're transparent with one another and you can, we can be honest with one another. And, and that's when you get result, the best results and the quickest results because you're being straight. Yeah, totally. I love that. Um, another thing is um, that they've done extraordinary work, that they want to take risks. We think that's a sign of a good designer. Amen. Yeah, you want to just like have your heartbeat a little bit when you're looking in that pitch that it doesn't look like something they're like, oh yeah, no, yeah, I've seen spaces like this. Oh, I think they're pretty. Yeah, let's do that. But something that really you're like, oh my gosh, I could have never thought of this on my own, you know? And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm excited, but I'm nervous. And you kind of want to be on that brink of, should I, should I just, 
should I just be awesome? I don't know. I've never done it before. You know? like, go to the party or sit on the fence? Which yeah. Be? Yeah. We, so, always, we always tell people like if they are nervous, we tell them that we wouldn't be doing our job if you didn't leave this a little bit nervous. Yeah. We want to push you because otherwise you could do it on your own, but that's why you hire a designer yeah. is to push you and make you better than you were. And for them to see something in you that you didn't see in yourself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think one of the best compliments, the Tiger Oak house that we're talking about was Susan mm, Peterson. Didn't yeah. she say at the end something like, I didn't know I was this cool. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I had no idea I was this cool. <laughs> yeah. You, you like, that is like a really good sign that, yeah. that we did our job because yeah. we see that so much in people. It's hard to see it in yourself, Amen. you know, and so it's hard to design for yourself, which is why it's great to have an outside pair of eyes yeah. telling you that you're great. And this is what you should look like. Yeah. So, Amen. Love that. Um, upfront budget and scope. It's good to, that a designer provides that for you. And mm-hmm. they're like, I don't know. I charge a hundred dollars an hour. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, which gotta- at the beginning, when you're starting, you're like, you, you know, it's easy to show that to, you know, your significant other and be like, Oh, they're only a hundred dollars an hour. We'll just see where it goes. And you're like, okay, not bad. But then you get the bill and sometimes the number, when we present a scope to somebody, sometimes it's, it's a lot, you know, it mm-hmm. takes a lot of hours. Like Jess said, it always takes a little bit longer than you think, but it's so nice to just be educated and just know that that's data. It becomes a lot less emotional when you see that number than to get in a big roaring fight, you know, with, with your designer and everybody else paying the bill, you know, when you see a, a bill that you were not expecting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So somebody that can provide that mm-hmm. data for you up front yep. and they can speak from experience and say the last project I did billables were around this price. Furnishing was around this price. And so everybody's kind of on the same page with, Oh, okay. All right. I've got an expectation now. Let me run that by, you know, my partner and, you know, make sure they're okay with it. So that is always really helpful just to avoid any sort of conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then advocating for the lifestyle that you want to live having a designer that's really going to show up for you in your lifestyle, whatever that is, not hers, not your designer's lifestyle, but, but a way that you really want to live. So it's super helpful to use um, a designer. We feel like we've been able to really get in and transform the way people live and really truly living in your own home. That's exactly the way you want to live, that it entertains the way you want it to live, that inspires you um, like that engineer that we're working with that can come home and let her shoulders down. It is such an emotional thing and it really changes your life. I cannot speak highly enough about getting to work with a really talented design crew. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that together the project will be better than just one person thinking about it. Having a lot of great minds thinking, considering, taking years and years of experience working with the best craftsmen, you're not going to go wrong. It's going to be a much better, a much better decision than hating yourself and having buyer's remorse at the end of it all. I think that's one other thing that I really love about our system and our process and our team and any design team that you're going to have is that when you do have multiple brains like that, thinking about it, like the ideas just get built upon each other and they get better Mm -hmm. and better and better and better. And uh, before you know it, like you have this extraordinary piece of work that you get to live in and call your own. Yeah. So it's pretty remarkable. It is remarkable. Thanks so much for listening today, everybody, about our process and how we do it. And I hope this has been helpful. If you have any other questions, be sure and um, reach out because we'd love to talk more about it. Our email, by the way, is com. Awesome. Have a great day. 
Thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating. 